Kathy, I just want you to know that we just shower our listeners with all of life's greatest expenses and great poupon. <laughs> we don't even lavish ourselves with that stuff. <laughs> oh, we're lavishing. Oh, my God. That smells awful. That is, I am probably going to pass out, Kathy. What are you smelling? Probably the exhaust from my running vehicle. Why is your vehicle running? Aren't you at the the uh, thingy? I am at storage, Kathy, and we are recording this show for our perverted podcast listeners. But if I turn off my car, it likely won't start again. Okay, so basically what you're saying is we get Boogie until the fumes hit him and he passes out. I think the fumes have already hit me, Kathy. <laughs> oh, that's why the voice. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, I can't stop the car. I don't even want to get into it. Not get, not gonna do it. Just not. <laughs> but I, I'm at storage and it's really hot at storage. And so if my car dies, I can't start it. And then I will die the whole day trying to start the car. So I'm leaving the car running, but it's outside my storage. So the engine is blowing <laughs> exhaust fumes into oh the God. storage, which, of course, is very, very expensive because obviously we're burning gas for no reason. So basically, you're saying there's a sense of urgency to the show. We got to hurry up or you'll pass out. No, I'm just saying <laughs> our listeners are worth the four bucks for the gallon of gas I'm going to waste while we're doing this goddamn show. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. You don't even have to. No, you've already covered it. The patrons and Headley, glorious Headley has already covered the gas, the running. <laughs> yes, Kathy, it's been that type of morning. So goddamn it. Wow, that's really bad. Let's get into a show. The following show is for mature audience. I really think this may be this may be a problem. It's this is like suicide shit. I know that's what I want was going to say. Cuz I'm in a closed space. And, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to move the car to the uh, other side. I still have a key I'll so I can wait. lock it. All right, hang on. I'm just going to leave it running. Yeah. Cuz I don't want to shut off the show cuz then that won't fucking work. Boogie isn't moving his car so he doesn't die. Boogie, 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 boogie isn't moving his car so he doesn't die. Boogie, boogie. Alright, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> I have moved the car from suicide spot. <laughs> yeah. It did. It sunk in, Kathy, because I'm. You know, we you see all the stories. It's good to read the news. It's good to see how people die in stupid, accidental ways. And you know, there was like the story. I think it was in New York where the guy was shoveling snow, and the wife and kid were in the car, and and so the exhaust was pushing into the car, and they both died. And I'm like, wait a minute, my exhaust is blowing into my closed storage unit. And so uh, I'm like, yeah, so you I'm put two p- and two together. I did. That's called smart de- man that you are. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but it is deductive reasoning. And so now my car is somewhere else that I can't see running. And but it's against a wall by the train tracks. But I have a key. So it's locked. I have an extra key. And now, Kathy, we can yes. get to a show. We can. The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Perverted <laughs> Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion. Recording live in front of our perverted studio audience. Hello, perverts. Hi. Kathy, what did yes. you do this week? <laughs> oh, this week was a very, uh, uh, I don't know, it was a lot of pressure. You know, work stuff. I, I just had a lot on my mind and I had some overtime that I didn't want to be working and work was just nonstop. And so then... 
I could feel. You remember how my shoulder went out? I got that frozen shoulder. I told the oh listener, Jesus oh, Christ, that was awful. Yeah. And it's still frozen. It will go past a certain point, but at least the pain's not there. But does the cold so, bother you anyway? The cold doesn't ah. bother me. It's not an arthritis thing because this is a muscle ah. thing. So <laughs> I'm just least, kidding. You missed that reference. <laughs> I literally don't know what what you just said. It was the movie Frozen. The cold doesn't bother me anyway. It's big. Oh, I never saw that. That's probably better that you didn't. I'm sorry. I'm still kind of yeah. high on my carbon dioxide <laughs> poisoning. Uh, anyway, go on with your shoulder. I I am horribly sorry. No, it's all right. It just started to get worse and worse because it was. That's when I get tense and there's stress at work. I you know don't necessarily sleep it well, and I I usually do like relaxing exercises at night to um, make sure I'm relaxed before. Because what happens is I go to sleep boogie in a tense position. I wake up the next morning with my still tense. I I literally have forgotten oh. to relax, and so I. The week I, I just really wasn't doing that. By the time I got to Thursday night, I was like really tense and I realized, oh, I got to relax. And I was also super horny. Uh, I woke up at two in the morning wanting to masturbate. And I'm like, don't fucking masturbate yeah, because why you're not? Be in a, because your back is already hurting. And for some reason, it was just one of those times that it took. I, I decided to do it anyway. I said, fuck you. That's right, because you're a rebel, Kathy. You're a sex rebel. (laughs) I'm an idiot is what I am because I went and did it. It was was one of those times where, for some reason, it takes a while to to get off. And so I was in a very tense, trying to get off, just rub one out position for way too long. (laughs) Wake up the next morning, and my neck is like at that place where I know if I move the wrong way, my shoulder's going to go out. So I'm like, God Damn it. And just right at the weekend. So this entire weekend, Creative Explorer has been very careful with me. We haven't been able to do any kinkiness, all because I had to masturbate. And to make matters worse, you want to hear this? Yes. He's in the next room, and he's probably heard me saying this. And that's the bit of information I forgot. I forgot. I purposely left out when I told him I hurt my back. (laughs) You left out the little sex rebel part that you were- little bit that doesn't really matter to anyone but for some reason i just left that bit out and he's probably heard it by now he's heard it he's heard it and now he's gonna be like you have altered my uber dominant plans because (laughs) of your sexual rebellion this will cost more than a melting ice cream sandwich and a blowjob young catherine (laughs) you've got his voice down man that's it (laughs) It's like a cross between, uh, I don't know, an old burnt out 80s rocker and Palpatine of, uh, from Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a punchy day. Well, I'm sorry. Well, in one sense, I'm glad that you are a sex rebel. And uh, I think that's just a great sex rebel. Is, is na- That's the name of a band. That's the name of an album. Sex I think rebel. That's a nice way of spinning what I just did, which was well, I mean, here's the- I shouldn't have done it. Here's the problem with rebellion, Kathy, is that sometimes when you rebel against something, it's a system in place that's in place for a reason, and there's a consequence for rebelling. And that was your consequence. But you did it. You took the step. You worked. When you rubbed it out, was it at least a decent orgasm? It was way above average. It wasn't one of the best, but it was there. uh It was one of the best <laughs> masturbating orgasms. No. Did I say that? You said it was good. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't it wasn't one of the best. Oh, it wasn't one of the best. No, no, it wasn't one of the best. It was it was Uh-oh. good and I, you know, regretted it later when I woke up and I'm like, "Oh, I know that fucking pain. I'm going to be in trouble this weekend." Well, Kathy, that yes. is quite a story. <laughs> My story, of course, is validation. And uh, as I've been getting more validated, like uh, Path Girl validated the air coming out of my eye sockets. Uh, somebody else validated <laughs> something else. I like that I have three in my entire life. And I have now accomplished, after months of talking about it, shower curtain, sex, 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 sex COVID protection, sex. Achievements unlocked. I saw the picture. Did you see the picture? 
Did I you didn't. see it if in all its glory? Has not seen it. Go to fetlife.com and pull up the perverted podcast uh, profile, and you will see Boogie's crazy, dirty pictures of fucking Mew between him. What? What? Did, what was that? Was that just a? That's piece a shower of, curtain. Shower curtain. It was an actual shower curtain. Yes, it's a shower curtain. I've been saying. I just shower thought curtain. it was a big piece shower of, curtain. No, I thought it was it's just a, a big shower piece of plastic you got. I've been saying shower curtain literally eighty times. You don't listen to me. I do. I just assume that you say shower curtain, but then go off and get some cheap or free piece of plastic and make it look like a shower curtain because that's so Gather, did you not hear the luxury introduction? I will spend whatever it takes to give the perverted podcast listeners quality. If I say it's going to be a shower curtain, I will spend the extra 42 cents to get a Walmart shower curtain. If I'm oh going to die of suicide, carbon monoxide poisoning in my storage, running my car, I'm going to spend that dollar five in gas. Our listeners pri- are worth it. Your priorities are all messed up. <laughs> that is an absolute truth. <laughs> but at least before you died of carbon monoxide poisoning, you got to have shower curtain sex. Well, it was, you know, Mew's, Mew's now gone. Mew has uh, left left our little uh, nest and is now in another state far away where she is getting ready to start uh, medical school. And so it was our last. She went on like a little trip and there was people there. And so, you know, she's try, she was trying to be as safe as possible and yet still enjoy her life before she throws it all away for four years in medical school. And then she will have no life. So she went on this trip and I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't feel comfortable for it. And I go, you know what that means? And she's like, oh, my God, you can use the shower curtain. Just please come fuck me. (laughs) And so I triumphantly walk in with my shower curtain and I go, well, now who's saying who? Now you have a need. And that need has a shower curtain in between us. Oh my yeah. God. Have you been storing that shower curtain away this whole time for this moment? I have five of them actually. And because I was expecting I was expecting other lovers to really just acquiesce and be like, look, I think it's stupid, but I need the D. Go ahead and poke a hole in a shower curtain and fuck me through it. And so if any went- of uh, Boogie's lovers are listening, embrace the shower curtain, give him a call. That's right. And let that him fuck the- you through a curtain. That is well, Kathy. What I I pictured would be hot about the shower curtain was in fact actually hot because it's first of all it's degrading and and it's also I don't know kind of futuristic space alien brave new world kind of you know that non committed non loving kind of thing, but then it's the feeling. Like, I smeared it right over her ass, and I tongued her asshole through the shower curtain, and she's like, wait a minute. <laughs> she thought, what's going on here? And I'm like, ah, it's all good. It's a shower curtain, pumpkin. So so there is definitely the feeling of her flesh wrapped in all that plastic and stuff like that. Kind of different, because the shower curtain is a lot thicker than the the shrink wrap that we use when we do shrink wrap bondage. So it's definitely a different feeling because it's all one smooth piece and you can smooth it out. And and I was thinking even like maybe putting a little oil on it so it had like probably more like a latex fetish kind of thing. Like the people who are into like rubber suits and latex and stuff like that. It, it probably a little similar to that except not as claustrophobic. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I, and speaking of ways of dying in stupid ways, you know. I'm glad that uh, you didn't accidentally cover her face with it. And while she was writhing in the throes of of sexual pleasure, didn't suffocate herself. No, no, she seemed to do okay. She seemed to do okay. I kept an eye out for that. And I did (laughs) shoot some video because, you know, she's faced the other way and whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, I got to get all my pictures because I've been talking about this for months. And so... I started shooting some video and then I'm like, I couldn't get the camera around my fat. <laughs> so I was like, oh my ah. so, God. I'm, so I'm trying, this is production stuff, kids. So I try lifting my belly, you know, and then I kind of get an okay angle and I'm like, ah, I 
don't know if I'm going to post that. Don't know. <laughs> just don't know if that's going to work, kids. Doesn't make doesn't make me look good. Book is not does, looking good. <laughs> does not make for hot porn. Gotta get your kink right. All types on Fat Life. Finger in the pee hole for some. It's a big delight. Woohoo! All right. We have, well, I have returned to our favorite author, Ferret. Because that's what uh, you do when you can't get to. Uh, when you can't, when you- <laughs> although I will admit that I did procrastinate some, I must have sat on FetLife for hours looking for posts, and I simply couldn't find it. Despite the many people who have sent me links, some of the posts that people send me links to, man, they're so great. It's just that I can't do anything with it. It's it's either too rambly or it's all over the place, and we can't get. But keep sending him, you guys, because you never know what'll work. But anyway, Ferret is always someone I can turn to. He's got great posts. And this one is called, If You're a Slave, You'd Better Learn to Self-Price. And he says, You can get the good master who realizes you have a value and maintains you, or you can just sort of fling yourself at anyone and get a string of bad masters who squeeze you like a tube of toothpaste and toss you out when you're done. That's tough. It means you have to discriminate. This is a guy who potentially will make a lot of decisions in your life. Is he going to make decisions in your best interest? Is he capable of understanding what a good decision even is? Which means that you're going to have to audition. And some of these masters will be pretty spiteful when you turn them down. Flinging accusations that you're not a real slave, telling you that you were ugly, that you're being cruel. The guys rejecting you so violently. They don't want to own you. They want to drain the best bits and chuck you away so you need to reject them. And someday, if you're lucky, you'll find the right set of feet to kneel at, a man who's wise and strong and possessed of that brilliant mixture of kindness and cruelty. Until that day, you have to be willing to set a price on yourself. Make sure that price is high enough that anyone who gets you remembers exactly what you're worth. Bravo, 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 Uh clap, clap. Clap, clap, bravo, bravo. <laughs> this was a great post, and it was it was longer, and it had some analogies, and then people argued about the analogies, which is fucking stupid. Because um, <laughs> he talked about nets and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, doesn't matter. The This is something that we have talked about a number of times. I've written about this, and that is don't throw away your sir- you know, who you call sir, don't just throw yourself at somebody. And and this really has that. You come in with that fantasy that I'm going to, uh, I'm going to find my master. I'm going to find, and once again, this, this, this talked primarily to, you know, male dominant female bottoms. But of course, it, it, it's the same rules apply to male submissive, female top, non-gender. It doesn't matter. What is important to understand is, is that if you are cheap, then you are going to get people who appreciate cheap because they just want to use it. They don't want to appreciate it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I will say, you know, this speaks to people who want to find a committed partner or someone to respect or someone to trust. Uh, There are absolutely people out there who want to keep things on both sides of the slash who want to keep things uh, superficial who want to keep the things just light and look, I just want someone who's going to fulfill my fantasy tonight. And then I want to leave. That's fine. This, this post isn't geared toward those people, but it is, it's, it is geared towards those people. It is because no matter what, if you throw yourself at somebody, you're going to, whether it's for play or a relationship, you have a higher chance of getting a douchebag. If you'll say sir to anybody or you'll call anybody ma'am and you just throw out, you're no matter what, you have to do some sort of vetting if you want some sort of quality. Whether it's play or it's obviously in a relationship, it's going to be a lot more vetting and you're going to have a lot higher standards, hopefully. But even if you're just playing, I've had I've had I've seen so many encounters where people come in all doe eyed and they're like, like, oh, I'm just supposed to say yes to whatever. And some sleaze bag just swoops right in and, and takes advantage of them. And then there's tears and there's whatever just in a play scene. So well, I maybe think no it's matter- a, 
I disagree because maybe just our experience is a little different. And I've seen both sides. I've definitely been to uh, femdom parties quite a lot where there are at least, again, this is just my opinion, at least half the men there who I see come time and time again and they gravitate toward the women who have the look of the dominatrix, who have the toys that they've seen on all the, the porn videos and they play with them. They're perfectly happy when they leave. The next time there's a party, they come and they're looking for something similar. They go from person to person and they're perfectly happy doing that. What I'm saying is that there's both kinds of people and I'm in, I'm certainly, I don't fall under that category but that doesn't mean that they aren't out there. And, and I just don't think that this post is geared to the, toward those people. It's geared toward people who, who need to feel that sense of respect, whether it's in a, if it's in a committed relationship or a long-term relationship or not. I have found that majority of the people I've met fall under that category, but not everybody does. That, that's all I'm saying. Okay. I mean, I can, I can surely see your side. Um, I am going to stick to my observations of, there are always people, I mean, maybe your tolerance for abuse is higher in certain situations, but no matter what, what the energy that you put out in my experience is what you're going to receive. So obviously let's go back to the relationship part. And there is something that it's like, it, it has always amazed me. And I used to be like this. And I used to say to people, how can you expect to, attract someone that's of a higher quality if you're not working on being attractive yourself. And I am not talking about physical. Of course, physical is something. Sure. Take care of yourself. Be healthy. Uh, you know, get be be beautiful and hot. Okay. that That is one aspect of attractiveness. But the bigger aspect of attractiveness is how you carry yourself, how you believe in yourself. What what do you values do you set for yourself? Because that's really going to determine what type of person you're going to attract. Because if if all you're putting out is loser doormat that doesn't care and doesn't believe in themselves, then you're going to ha- be like a magnet for people that are also not exceptional that are looking for people that are weaker than them and they're already weak. And then they're going to be able to take advantage of that. So you can't really expect if you're sitting there saying, Oh, why can't I find a, a better dominant or a better master? Why can't I find? Well, the first question is look in the mirror and say, what are you offering? What type? Cause I don't want a fucking broken slave. I don't want a broke down fucking submissive. That's why I mostly play and and have relationships with people that are at least in college or have some sort of career. They have some sort of higher calling or whatever, because it is a fucking drag. It is a drag to try to dominate somebody who has a pathetic view of themselves. Right. Um, So you're talking about the other aspect of this, like the post he's saying, you have to value yourself if you expect others to value you. Sure. And you're saying that part of that valuing of yourself is to take care of yourself and make sure that you're offering something that is of value. Yes, because if you just say, uh, yes, because I, I, I know so many people, and I've done this myself, where you have that kind of cover-up arrogance where you're like, I'm confident, I love myself, but your actions don't show that. I do that right now. I mean, I talk a good game and I got a super dick and fucking, you know, all this stuff inside. But inside, I'm just a crushed, miserable fucking person going through a lot of problems right now. So there's saying that you have value and then there's having value. That regardless of what you say, that value is real. That you are working on something. You are putting in effort every day on something, whether it's being of service and volunteering or you're, you're getting an education or you're on Udeme taking classes to learn how to do Adobe Illustrator or any number of things. Are you being active in your own value? Because your lip service value could be just a giant lie and you're lying to yourself. 
And that's why you're not attracting a better level of partner. That's why you're having to wade through these giant swaths of fucking losers because they're attracted. They see through your lie. I have found that when I am at my most confident, that when I am when I am working, when I am happy and believing in myself, it is almost effortless to meet people that are of that higher caliber. Right. Yeah, I'm hear what you're saying. I just don't know that I quit. You said confidence is what you mentioned in the end, but then you were saying uh, value and doing something that matters and giving your life purpose. And I don't know that the two necessarily go hand in hand, but I see what you're saying. I think value leads to confidence. Mm. If you have if you have value and you're doing things, then that makes you confident because you have evidence that you I mean, maybe we have different views of, of confidence. Um, and I don't mean arrogance when I mean confidence. I mean, believing I have some skills and talent because I have shown by my actions that I have those things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I guess value is a very subjective uh, word and it can mean different things to different people. And um like you could look at someone and say, I know they value themselves, but I don't see anything there to value. I mean, that's not what I would consider value. They're not a quality human being because they don't have what I think they should have, which is this, this, and this. Um, and I, yeah, the post was talking about um, somebody who doesn't understand that they deserve to be respected and uh, and trusted and treated kindly, I think. But you're right that the, that, one does uh, go into the other. One does have to do with the other. That sense of self-worth will make you want to value yourself more. I think you'll see. I, I think it's just a, an automatic. You don't have to even think about it. The, be, the more you're working on yourself as far as that relationship with yourself and you're valuing the progress that you're making in your your personal journey, I think just by default, you're going to you're going to also see through the fake fantasy doms and you're going to be able to listen for things that you can identify with a better quality of dominant. Does that make sense? No, it does. I think an important element of that is that you know what you're looking for because I, in reading the amount of oh, posts that I have to read on FetLife, I, I read so many um, experiences of people who uh, come into the lifestyle and they're in that frenzy and they want, they don't necessarily want that. They want that, that fantasy experience and they get it. I mean, there are, there are people who have success in that area. They, they go sure. looking for the experience. They want to, they want to play with needles this time, or they want to play with rope next time. And they're going from one experience to the, the next and they, they're enjoying themselves. They're not doing anything they think is wrong, but there will come a time in their experience where, they will say, well, I've, exp I've, I've had all this, I'm having a great time, but now it's starting to, I feel cold at the end of it. And at this point I need to start, I think, looking for someone who's going to give me more. I want an actual relationship. So I think part of that, as I said, is you have to know what you're looking for. And if you are looking for just the experience, you're not looking to get yourself tied down to anybody. And at the end of the night, you don't want cuddles and aftercare and you just want to say goodbye and move on to the next person that's perfectly fine just know that ahead of time or i want something more deeper and then like ferris says you're going to have to do some work you are going to have to audition these people you're going to have to be okay with stupid immature people telling you well then you're just a you're a big horrible dumb fatty dumb fat <laughs> exactly. fatty fat fatter fatter face stupid poop Exactly. You got to wade through some of the shit in order to get that gem that you want. Okay, so we have a couple of emails. Listen, apparently our last pod podcast last week, you had uh, said stuff about it's been a very tough week. When you upload to Patreon, you also upload some verbiage. Oh, and yeah. And people maybe. respond to it. So you had said, yeah, this has been a really tough week and I need to do what I need to do. It was a tough week for you. It's been a actually a tough, at least, summer year. for you. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming up on a year next month, Kathy. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to think that. Okay. Let's me not neither. think about that. Okay. Well, then why are you going to read a letter? 
Because you got some support from a couple of people and they said some really nice things to you. Path Girl wrote to... Path Girl, you can always rely on her to give us uh, either some good science or some kind words. And she says, Boogie, you talk about what you need to talk about on the show in order to get through all of this bullshit. Because if people don't like it, they're going to fuck off. And yes, I said that in my abyss voice. Which is hilarious. <laughs> fuck off. I have that somewhere. <laughs> You are part of the show, and you get to decide what you bring to the show every week. And if you need to verbally vomit on us to stay sane, then we will take it. It's not a hard limit for us. Just remember who's driving the bus. Stay safe, guys. Boogie, did you say something about verbally vomiting on the listeners? I did not. Well, no. When I wrote the letter, I just basically said, you know, because I listen to the show now a lot because I edit a lot. And, and so I just said... You know, I really try to stay away from the homelessy personal stuff, you know, unless it's just like funny jokes or whatever. But last week was just a lot of critical mass. And so I sensed a lot of that coming out. So I just said, hey, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I just I can't help it. Things are things are rough. Well, you got Paddle Bob wrote to you and said, hey, Boogie, we are with you all the way. It's what the PP family is about. You, like anyone else in these current fucked up times, are important to us all. I just love that he said we're a PP family. I, I'm we glad are. I'm not the only one who thinks that. We are. Hey, Mom, can I crash on your couch? <laughs> just need, need to start tapping the family. I'm all cheaper. I got a couple, I got a couple emails. Uh, from people, you know, someone in Oregon, and then we had a listener somewhere else, and they're like, "Hey, you know, I got some play." And of course, Headley, you know, offered to to support, and he he does plenty of support of of this show. Um, and so I'm kind of checking out some of those things now, like seeing if That's I can cool. pay cheap cheap rent somewhere just for a few months, just to get through summer at least, and then okay, kind of yeah. figure out what's going on because I still have to pay for the storage and stuff. But we'll figure right. it out, and it is nice that the listeners have been hanging with. I know some of them have been like, hey, I'm going off to greener pastures because I understand that there is a certain point where you and I, Kathy, are fucked up to a point to where our listeners are fucked up and they're like, this is not encouraging me. Because, you know, some of our listeners are like, hey, it makes them feel like there's a solidarity with us and that we're all fighting through this together. And so it helps them check in. But some people legitimately are like, I'm already struggling so much. It kind of depresses me to hear you guys talk about it. And I'm sensitive to that. I am sensitive to that. I get it. When I watch movies or, or read books or see things on TV, it's because I want to escape my life. So I understand what you're saying. But there is that solidarity that after so many years of people who've been who've been with us this whole time, they they do think of us like family. So I'm well, it is now. I completely agree, and I completely feel that family. I didn't really ever have a family that was, you know, kind of wholesome family structure. But this is definitely the closest that I would ever want to get, and I say that in a nice way, you know. Right. This is as this is as close to a dream family as I could hope for. People that I respect, people that when they comment, you know, you're you're gonna hear I don't know, you're either gonna hear or we already played the segment with Little Brat. Every listener segue that we have had has been amazing. It is now literally my favorite part of the show. I mean, other than you and I doing our babble, it is literally the thing that I look forward to the most. Because it is so fun to just finally be able to commune with our listeners. And they all have interesting stories. They have their personal experiences. And they've all done really, really well in talking. And so that's kind of the family that I'm the most into. Is being around people that I like and respect. And that like and respect me. And we can just kind of work through life together. Right. Which is why you had sent out that request for pictures and you have those pictures of everybody that you look at. I do. I do. And I do look at it. Now between my pictures and the listener segues, I actually do feel like there's people listening. Perverted Podcast Listener Segway. Hello, little brat. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you? 
I am so excited to finally get a chance to talk to you because you answered one of our listener questionnaires for Perverted Podcast listeners, and there was some really cool and interesting things that you said, and now I would like to talk about those things with you if you are open to that. Fantastic. Let's do it. Now then, the first thing, let's just go straight to anal because, you know, little brat... Anal is a beautiful thing. Now, first off, before we get into the question, which was, what was something that you were very afraid of and said, like, no way am I ever going to do this, and now you love it, let's talk about your relationship with anal. So, I have always loved anal. Like, I got it snuck on me when I was, like, 17, and I (laughs) was a fan of it ever since then. So... I think it's great. So several years later, you know, when someone suggested an anal hook, I almost had like a full on panic attack. Like I was so scared of it. So what were you scared about the anal hook? You know, I don't, I, it was hard to explain. I don't know that I was ever able to fully like come to terms with what it was, but I think it was like a visual of it being a meat hook. (laughs) Like it reminded me of something that you would hang like a slab of beef from. So it was going to be like a serial killer thing where they hung you up and you just kind of went along the conveyor belt with all the other cows, you know, or or pigs or anything and just kind of dragged you around until eventually your butthole ripped out. And you were there to be eaten. That's exactly what I thought. Is that just my visualization? (laughs) No, that's 100% what my vision was. And I had seen it in porn. I had seen it done, you know, to other people. So I knew that that was, you know, an unrational and irrational fear. But I couldn't get that image out of my head. And so I just, every time it was talked about, I would freak out. Um, Almost to the point where I would, like, completely shut down to where, like, we, we can't even talk about this now. Right. So how did you end up eventually discovering the anal hook? Did you have a partner that, that helped you through this? or? Yes, I did. I had a very, very patient dom at the time that I was playing with. And I mean, we probably worked on it for four to six months before it was something I was comfortable with. Wow. So was it like exposure therapy? Like at first he just had the anal hook out? Yes. So he would text me pictures, like, you know, just periodically. He would, you know, had it on the table when I would play and do other things. So it was just kind of always like in the background, like, hey, this is a thing. And I think it was, you know, don't get me wrong. I know he wanted to put a hook in my ass, but I think that it was more the fact that he wanted me to get over the sphere because he knew it it wasn't based in ration. Well, that is absolutely a fantastic lesson. It is the same exact method that I use to help Mew get over her fear of needles, um, which was exposure therapy. After a while of it just being a normal part of being around you and seeing that it's not going to hurt you or attack you or any of these wildly horrific uh, negative fantasies about it that we have, um, eventually it becomes more comfortable and then you're less afraid of it. Exactly. And I think that I was very fortunate to have someone that was patient because I know a lot of times people just want to rush into the fun and don't take the time to think of like the damage that they can cause another person by pushing them for, you know, faster than they're ready to go. I absolutely agree. It is also one of the reasons why so many people are against anal sex in general because there was always somebody that was in too much of a rush they didn't understand that it hurt or that it could hurt really bad there was no rating and then it's just like okay let's do this let's do this because I've seen it in porn and then you try to fucking ass like a pussy and notice they have two different names so sometimes it doesn't always work out like that and then you've now ruined somebody to that experience. Exactly. I think that in some ways you're robbing them of future pleasure. I agree with that. Um, I talked to a lot of friends about anal because I love anal. I love it. And so I kind of preach it from the mountaintops that it's great. And when I'm discussing it with friends, they all have, you know, this like traumatic experience that just kind of scarred them. And it's fantastic. So I think that whoever scarred them really robbed them of, you know, that future pleasure. And I... And in one sense, I understand as a guy, at least, that 
kind of ignorant urge to just be primal and that this is going to be okay and that she's obviously going to love it because it's my penis and obviously my penis can do no wrong because it's such an amazing, glorious penis and it gives joy to the world whether they know it or not. So I understand the ignorance behind that rush. So I don't think it's necessarily... Because I've heard a lot of stories from guy point of views where it's like, they're like, yeah, dude, she finally let me do anal and I just stuck it in. And then she like squealed and froze and just that was not in their fantasy because they had the porn fantasy. And I don't think a lot of times there's any malice in it. I think there's just like a lack of communication. There's a breakdown of communication. You know, one person has one expectation and then another person has another. And if you don't discuss that, then... I think both people can kind of get disappointed because maybe she didn't react the way that, you know, he thought she would from getting his wonderful cock, you know? I'm glad, little brat, that you got to overcome that fear and that your dominant got the message in his head that that if you wait a little bit and you're a little bit patient and even even still sometimes even if you take a lot of time and you try to do things i mean like this was with fisting a lot um there's a lot of women that are like oh my god i want to be fisted i want to be fisted and it just comes to the point even after months and months of trying they're just not going to take your fist it's okay it is really really okay it shouldn't be a shameful thing and and the idea is that you worked with a partner, that you had a connection with somebody and that together you had a goal. And it's OK if you didn't achieve the goal. It's OK if the anal hook never goes in or that it's never pleasurable or it just ends up being lame. It totally is. I just feel very fortunate that I had, you know, a good response, you know, the response that he kind of envisioned for me to have I did and I love it and I think it's great I mean I've sat with you know an animal hook for hours because it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) so do you do bondage with it with the you know the little the little eye hook at the end do you tie it does he tie it off to you or tie it off to chairs or a lot so it it varies but um most of the time if I'm in just like a position it'll be tied to the collar around my neck with a rope and so I just have to sit kind of like a table nice yeah. And then he can put his feet on you or eat on your back while you have it's the anal good times. <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh, I have so many wonderful. I remember when we were at Anthony's place and we uh, we've done this a couple times. I think twice on the show where we put anal hit hooks between two bottoms and there was like 15 20 feet of rope between them and they were still connected and then they tug a ward and went back and forth so they could feel the anal hook in each other and then pulling on it. Have you done something like that yet? I have not, but I loved that episode, though. (laughs) Jump on it, little brat. I know. Gives me some ideas. You need to get out there and get yourself an anal hook buddy. Right, exactly. Who doesn't need an anal hook buddy? (laughs) I think that that should come with the next goddamn stimulus check. (laughs) If it doesn't, I'm going to be very disappointed. Okay, so now then we're going to get into some of the fun stuff. As if the anal hook journey wasn't amazing enough, little brat. There's a section in the questionnaire that our Perverted Podcast listeners can fill out if they just email me at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and ask for the questionnaire. There is a section that says, do you have a fantasy that is so dark that you almost don't want to talk about it? And you were very, very honest in that section. And you, I'm just going to let you talk about that fantasy. So in case there's things that you now regret saying, <laughs> that I'm just going to respond to what you tell me right now. But it was pretty goddamn hot. That's for sure. Okay, fantastic. So I'll just preface. Um, so I am really into sexual objectification. Um verbal degradation and then also kind of like pussy humiliation and so I guess my like ultimate like deep dark fantasy would be to combine all of those together now if you could let me cut off for just one second can you describe for our listeners 
what your definition of pussy humiliation is. So I like the fact of someone basically telling me that it's not good enough. That um, either like while they're fucking me, like telling me that it's used up or I'm a dirty little slut and all of those things. Or um, to like fuck my ass instead because my pussy's not good enough. Um, Or to like fuck other girls in front of me while discussing that they have to fuck them like they have no choice because you know my pussy is not good enough now have you have you done some of the so this is like cook queening basically a little bit yeah yeah but it's also like even without another person there i think it's still hot just the degradation like the i won't use your you know your pussy i'm gonna use your ass because you know absolutely now let me if i can pry a little bit more before we go into the the second half of of the fantasy which was amazing sure if you can try to talk a little bit about now, are you normally a confident person about your body? Are you body positive? For sure. Do you feel good about your vagina? Absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that there's like, you know, I had a kid and I noticed it's different. Sure. Um, so it's something that you definitely notice, but I'm pretty, I'm still very confident just all around. Okay. So now when you are doing pussy humiliation, and someone is degrading your hole like it's useless, what type of feeling does that give you? It's so fucking hot. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I don't know why, like, I wish I knew why I liked it, and I wish I knew why it turned me on so much, but I, I don't. It just, um, I think part of it is the fact that I'm so super submissive, and when I'm in that kind of zone, it is... Um, almost kind of like begging them to find me worthy to use. Oh, that is, you know, like, please, 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 you know, find me, you know, good enough to put your cock in. (laughs) And so when they don't find you good enough, it kind of creates like a tension and anticipation, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Because I think at you know, at some point, like they're going to give in and put it in there. (laughs) So, (laughs) You're all, this is a fantasy, by the way. Eventually, <laughs> you are going to give me the dick that I so desire. Right. And so I think I just, I really love begging. I've always loved, you know, begging. I think that's why I love, you know, orgasm denial and things like that. So um, I think it's just super hot to just to beg someone to do something that you know that they want to, but they're not giving it to you to make you beg more. That is super sexy. So now let's get into more of the fantasy. So we've started the fantasy where they're your dominant is humiliating and using you. So now go ahead and take it from there. Yes. So I want to be, you know, tied up for like a couple of days, you know, just there to be used however he sees fit. So if he wants to, you know, ignore me for an hour and come back and put my ass and then come back and fuck my face or whatever. Just use me like however he wants to. But then I also like in the fantasy, almost want him to tire of me, even though I'm being like as submissive as I can possibly be. I'm letting him take me in every which way he wants. He still is not satisfied. He's still bored. Um, so there's an element of me wanting him to have like other girls over and making me watch him like fuck other girls while he's humiliating me. Um, and then there's also part of it where I want him to like almost like sell me to like other men. So like, I don't get any use out of you. Let me see if someone else can get some use out of you. Oh, that's odd. And so being used by, you know, other people and not only that but just for him to like almost remind them of like hey you might want to fuck her ass because her pussy's not good enough so now he's degrading you in front of them and informing them at the same time yes this is well first off if i can start i do have in my wallet five (laughs) dollars and if I could get in that line, preferably not like sloppy eighths or tenths or something like that. Right, that's fair. Yeah, maybe, just fair enough. Just uh, that's you fair. know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> just thought I'd throw my own pig dick in there, you know, right? Yeah, of to, course. To get in there, as you as you do. Now then, this when I read it, 
it, it definitely obviously this is a, a pretty dark fantasy of being just completely used and abused and degraded and humiliated um, sold all of those things there was so much hotness about it but I wanted to also ask now that we've gone through this incredibly beautiful and hot and submissive uh, degrading fantasy in that fantasy because you're kind of painting the picture for us does that also give you like a little sense of control or power I don't think so I think it is the complete I feel it like the complete giving up of power Um, I think if I was to ever approach someone and actually ask for that um, then maybe it would be because it would be my idea and it would be something that I was bringing to the table Um, but I guess in the fantasy it's not my idea it is their idea so it's completely devoid of any power or say so so in the fan, so that absolutely makes perfect sense because if you were going to do something like this, real time, obviously there would have to be a lot of negotiation. There would have to be a lot of things taken into consideration, you know, with safety and STIs and and exactly. you know people harming you and what are the limits and those types of things. And so it's kind of I want to make sure that we at least touch a little bit on on that the difference between that fantasy and then those realities because some people are like this is such a hot fantasy I've got to do this a lot of people have a lot of rape role play fantasies that they're like oh my god I masturbate to this endlessly so obviously this is this is something that I need to do in real life and I don't think that's always necessarily the case if you have a dominant that you have that type of relationship with that you can explore that. Obviously, there's been these types of scenarios with gangbang scenarios and usings and cum dumps and and so many amazing, wonderful things. But it doesn't always necessarily mean that that's something that you're going to do. It can just stay a fantasy. I 100% agree. I think, I mean, I've been in BDSM for over 20 years. And so it's a, a long time. And so I've probably had this fantasy for you know, five years, six years, like a a long time. Um, And it's never been anything that I've wanted to actually do in reality. Five years from now, 10 years from now, might I want to try? Who knows? But um, as of now, I'm just good with it being this super dirty, hot fantasy that I have. Now, does your dominant know about this fantasy to the extent that you want? Yes. Yeah. We've talked, we've discussed it. We've talked about it. Um, and I think whenever I kind of like, if we're having like a role play session or whatever about it and I bring it up and he kind of sounds a little bit more serious, like he's taking me seriously. I get super nervous. <laughs> yeah. I'm all talk. I'm all talk. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is me. Little brat. All talk. <laughs> yep. 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 No 10, 15 guys using my asshole. Yeah, please no. Um, Not today. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely super hot. It's something we incorporate, you know, in play and sexting, you know, now with the COVID thing with with a lot of sexting. It's definitely something that we incorporate. But yeah, I will admit probably about two weeks ago, it got like a little where I was like, I think he thinks I'm serious. So then we had to, you know, have Have a a little chat. Yes, have a talk about that. Like, no, 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 don't put an ad ad on Craigslist. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think that I I can't little brat I can't tell you how amazingly healthy your communication sounds with your dominant that you have a back and forth that you can explore these fantasies and I've done a lot of this with my girls especially with Bunny and Mew and so where we just know that we can explore these dark dark fantasies and maybe some of them we've followed up on. We've definitely followed up on a couple of the freaky ones. But it doesn't necessarily mean it has to go beyond that play. Because sometimes maybe people feel a pressure or the dominant may even feel a pressure like, oh, I'm supposed to figure out how to make this happen for her. Because I've had that feeling myself where I'm like, does she expect me to pull off this gangbang? Because that's really not my thing. And I had to say, hey, this that's really not me. So sorry. And they're like, no, it's just a dirty fantasy. Can't you just pretend that you're selling me to a football team? And I'm like, exactly. oh, yeah, do that. <laughs> duh. Get the fuck in here. Fuck this bitch. She's useless. 
exactly. And I think I think that's just the part. And I think with being in the lifestyle for so long, that's the part of just getting really good at communication. I think that you know, they always say practice makes perfect. Well, I think practice makes better. And so I'm always constantly trying to learn new ways to be open and communicative to anybody that I play with or anyone that I'm with. Um, just so like we don't want to have a a bad experience. You have them every so often, they're unavoidable, but like if we can keep it to a minimum, I think that's better. Well said, well spoken. Amen, sister little brat. Oh my goodness, it was incredible talking to you. You have you such too. a wonderful personality. You speak so well, and I really think that this was a treat to our listeners. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Hopefully we can get you back for some more stories and stuff. I would love that. Thank you for having me. We have reached the end of show 267. To our Patreon supporters, I say, actually, as Daffy Duck would say, thanks just all to pieces for all of the amazing support that you give us. If this show holds any value for you, I encourage you to go to patreon.com forward slash Peru podcast. Lend us your support. At the very least, please, least sorry, please write to us and let us know what's going on in your lives. Perverted podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, no matter what you have to say to us. Boogie, please don't allow that car fume to get into that storage space. I think it was good. I think that was a moment for us, Kathy, that we no. both had a, huh, this may be bad. <laughs> we worked as a team and now I'm not dead. I like it. Good job, Kathy. <laughs> you sounded almost like Casey Kasem just there. We work as a team, and I'm not We dead. work as a team. <laughs> now, he's dead. I don't know if it was carbon monoxide poisoning, but he is dead. Oh my God, God damn it. This is exciting. Once again, if you are interested in being a part of the conversation on this show, that is now completely possible. Email me at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com and ask for the questionnaire so we can get some of your stories that you're comfortable with talking about. You can be completely anonymous. I do have the ability to mask your voice a little bit if that's a concern for you. And we can get our family together because we want to hear from Uncle Ralph and Aunt Edna and little cousin <laughs> Emily. And we want everyone in the family sitting at the dinner table. And we can all talk in here and go, my, that cute that we're all talking together. Oh, my God. Now they're not going to email you. They better. It's like the Waltons. Good night, Mary Ellen. Oh, Good night, Uncle that. Bob. <laughs> Good night, Grandpa. John Boy, you jerking off again? Squeak, 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 squeak. Good night, everybody. Ew. If you let a dog lick your balls, tomorrow you might feel strange. If you get drunk at a party and let nine guys pound your boon, tomorrow you might feel strange. Sometimes impulsive fantasies Make really lame realities If you get caught jacking off Into your stepmom's underwear Tomorrow you might feel strange Go to the emergency room to get an object removed from your ass. Tomorrow you might feel strange. Sometimes impulsive fantasies make really lame realities. While your horny hall is fair game, it's dangerous. Your crutch, replace your brain. For tomorrow, it might fuck with your head, or your job, or your family, or other personal relationships. Not saying it's bad or immoral as long as you're not hurting someone else and it's among consenting adults, it's all good. Just saying, think about it first. Okay. Thank you. 
You put on women's clothes and ask a cop for a cavity search. Tomorrow, you might feel strange. If the video of you sucking dick winds up on the internet. Tomorrow, you might feel strange. Sometimes impulsive fantasies make irreversible consequence late in reality. 